Well, you all know my wonderful gift of gardening. So there I was one day in a doctor's office, and I'm looking through a Country Living magazine. And there's this beautiful setting that I want to show you of a pathway that's just lined on both sides by these incredible wildflowers. Now, we happen to have an area uh, in the back of our house that time. We really didn't know what to do in that area. We didn't want a lot of upkeep. This said, maintenance free. This will be just the thing. And we were like, this is it. Look how beautiful that is. Brought her home to Sarah. So we ordered a package of seeds. And the seeds come. And they look like this next slide. There they are. I don't know. They look a little mm, iffy to me, but this is what they said. We plant these and we are going to have just that beautiful, tranquil setting that you saw in that first picture. Well, we planted them and they grew. And here's what it looked like. Yeah, the path's in there somewhere. It really is, you know. Maybe we should have read this from the University of Washington. Researchers have shed light on the problem of weeds in wildflower mixes. Examining 19 seed packets to see what lurked inside, almost half the seeds contain plants considered noxious weeds. In addition to noxious weeds, all the wildflower seed mixes in the study contain plants that can grow invasively under the right conditions. Even some of, some of the ornamentals found in wildflower mixes can wreak havoc if they escape into the wild from their desired location. It seemed good to us at the time to plant a wildflower garden. It seemed good. But obviously, if I had done a little more research and realized it wasn't one of those things that would be necessarily good in a domestic setting. We are in Weepers to Leapers, the fruit of the Spirit, and we are discussing the next fruit of the Spirit. If you put that up, let's say this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. So I guess the question that we should first come to grips with is what is goodness? If we look out into the world today, we can find all sorts of answers of what good is. For instance, psychology today says the following. Good means a lack of self-centeredness. It means the ability to empathize with other people, to feel compassion for them, and to put their needs before your own. It means, if necessary, sacrificing your own well-being for the sake of others. It means benevolence and altruism and selflessness and self-sacrifice towards a greater cause, all qualities which stem from a sense of empathy. It means being able to see beyond the superficial difference of race, gender, and nationality and to relate to a common human essence beneath them all. That's what psychology today defines as good. Princeton University professor of humanities, Dr. Richard Kraut, says on the other hand that he advocates a general principle that applies to the entire world of living things, both plants and animals. What is good for complex organisms consists in the maturation and exercise of their natural powers. Even what is good of a kind, good poems, no less, are good to some people, it must be good for someone. Many common human pursuits for riches, fame, and dominations are in themselves worthless, while some of the familiar virtues 
justice, honesty, and autonomy, those are good for every human being. Lack of self-centeredness, empathy, justice, honesty, autonomy. Obviously, these are not what we would call bad things. They seem like good things, but as we heard, it depends upon who you ask to interpret that. And it made me think of the verse from Proverbs 16:25 that says the following, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. It all goes back for us in defining good to Genesis, to that story of Genesis that we've heard over and over and over again. We know it. God created, God made man in his image. God gave Adam a helpmate, Eve, and he put them in a garden to tend it. And he said to them, of all the things in this garden, you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know what happened. We know that Satan came at Eve again and again and wore her down and finally got her to listen to him as he began to malign God and God's word. And finally Eve said, no, no, God has commanded us not to eat of that tree because in the day we do, we will die and and Satan said, you will surely not die. He said the following, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, even in those words, the serpent deceived Eve. You will be like God. You won't be God, but you'll be like God. You see, God can know both good and evil, and it doesn't affect him. He can define it. He can define motivation for it. He can understand both of them and not become it. But we, because of sin, when Eve ate that fruit in Adam also, bringing sin on us became evil. And now the lines of good and evil, if we are going to define what goodness is, is become blurred. Our motivation for it becomes blurred. It's all a matter of subjective interpretation, as we know in our world. So if we ask that question, well then, if the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, what is goodness? We can't look to ourselves. Because the problem in our world is that I then am the owner of what I define to be good. It's all about me and what comes out of me. And as I said before, what we've heard is there are various interpretations of what is good. You know, Jesus isn't saying to us today in the gospel a challenge to say, if you act this way, you will be good. If you act this way, you will be evil. What Jesus is saying in the gospel today is what you bring forth out of yourselves, out of your identity already of who you are identified with, that will be the result of the fruit that comes forth from you. Good fruit will come from a heart overflowing with good things, and evil will come from a heart overflowing from evil things. You know, Paul talks about that in this whole section that we're looking at, this fruit of the Spirit. Before we get to Paul saying the fruit of the Spirit is, he discusses the problem that we have with Genesis because he's talking about a war that goes on within us, 
A war of the flesh, he calls it. That's the Genesis problem. The flesh, the sinful flesh that we have because of the sin that we have inherited from Adam and Eve and how the desires of the flesh are totally contrary to the Word of God and what God desires for us and what God's plan was for us in the garden. And he goes on to list what those desires are and those fruits of the flesh, those things that are contrary to the Spirit. But then he gets into what the fruit of the Spirit is, what it brings forward from a heart that is full of what God has placed there. You see, the source being me in terms of what is good and what I bring forth is always going to be a problem. It's going to be like me looking at some seeds in a beautiful setting and thinking, boy, that really seems good. And finding out the result of it really wasn't exactly what I thought it was supposed to be. You know, the interesting thing is as we're in this series and we talk about weepers to leapers, and we're talking about plants, the scriptures contain so much throughout it of talking about a specific type of plant, of a vineyard and a vine, both in the Old and New Testament, about vineyards that grew forth great grapes and vineyards that didn't yield anything and the result of what each of those are. The interesting thing is this. If you talk to a vineyard husbandry person, somebody who takes care of vines, they will tell you that there are two ways in order to start a new vine. One way is to take a shoot, a cutting of an existing plant, and to get it into rootstock and to grow it. That's a sure thing in their mind because it contains the exact DNA of the original vine and it will bring forth grapes that are just like what it came from. The other way of producing a vine is to plant a grape seed, like we would another seed. But the problem with that, they would tell you, is that it's an unknown commodity. You see, it's now outside of that original plant. It's something out there on its own. It might even produce grapes that have no taste like the original and might, in fact, even be bad. I say that because if we look at this verse, that the fruit of the Spirit is something that we think we can produce on our own, by our own definitions, we are producing, in fact, seeds. Seeds that we don't know what they'll turn out like, that might seem good to us, but in fact might be, as Proverbs said, something that leads to destruction. That's why Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot bring forth your own seeds of goodness in your own interpretation. Goodness must be something that flows into us because of our connection to Jesus Christ through our baptism. The very thing that grafted us into this root in the first place, that gives us the life that flows through us, that brings forth goodness that comes from a life that we understand is renewed every day in that baptism. That forgiveness that blankets us when we have exhibited things in our lives that are not good, but in fact are evil. Which of us in our life hasn't said words that hurt someone or done actions that would lead to crippling someone else's ego or the things that they need in life? Which of us has been unwilling to forgive when we should have offered forgiveness? Those are not seeds of goodness that we planted, but those are things that have come out of us that in fact would create just a situation of wildflowers going amok and ruining the landscape 
What comes out of us is that daily baptism of forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ, of putting down ourself and ourself as the source of our interpretation of what is good and going back to what we know is true and right and good, the scriptures that God has given us. Tied to that word, tied to Jesus Christ, the source of our goodness, we will bring forth by the power of the Spirit in us goodness that will last, goodness that will bring a harvest, and goodness that will yield forth fruit that may bring others to Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, so often in our world, the mantra is, if I take what I think is good and do it, then in the world religion scope, that is what will appease God, that will get me into heaven. And those who are evil deserve punishment and not to be where I am going. And yet the focus, as I said, is all again on ourselves and what we have been doing. That is a grape seed. That is something that will not yield the harvest that Jesus is talking about. I found it interesting in the epistle today, as Peter goes on to talk about add goodness and all those other things, it sounds very much like what Paul is saying, the fruit of the Spirit is. And you know, Paul says later on that we should let our minds dwell on those things that are good and those things that are above, those things that are profitable for us and not those things that we interpret and blur the lines of in our world. We need that Word of God that sure and certain hope that tells us when we have been wrong, that tells us when our heart has not brought forth fruit of repentance and fruit that will lead to destruction and calls us out on it and says we are sinners in need of the salvation of Jesus Christ that he brought to each one of us. Only through that love and forgiveness flowing through us, coming out of his word, feeding us from the root that we have been grafted into, can we bring forth fruit that is good, to do good to others around us, to give glory to God for that gift. You know, it's interesting in the book of Revelation, in the final chapter, there is a picture once again of a garden in the midst of the throne of the Lamb and a river that flows through and a tree that blooms and has leaves on it that is for the healing of the nation. That tree of life is the tree that you and I, through our baptism, have been so privileged to be connected to. And if we are going to bring out the fruit of goodness in our lives, it must be a fruit that brings goodness and healing to the nations through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is that source that flows in us, that allows us to produce fruit, not because we want to produce fruit, but as Jesus said, it comes out of the heart connected to him, forgiven daily, washed in the waters of our baptism. You know, Pastor Mark uses that illustration of an apple tree straining to produce fruit in a garden and that we hear it at night and that doesn't happen because it doesn't, it does what's natural. So also an apple tree doesn't bring forth apples so that you and I can identify and say, well, that's an apple tree. It brings forth apples because that's what it is. And that's what it means to have the fruit of goodness flowing through us. We are redeemed Christians, people of God, connected to Jesus Christ, understanding what was won for us on that cross understanding the forgiveness that we need to receive every day in order that we might extend that forgiveness to one another. 
Jesus Christ, our source. Jesus Christ, the one who allows us to bring forth fruit out of our, our heart, a renewed heart, a changed heart, a heart that has been made new by all that he has done for us. May we be people who understand that out of that heart, the heart forgiven by Jesus Christ, washed in the waters of our baptism, renewed again and again through that word of God and by the spirit that he has given us in our baptism, that we then are people who can bring forth fruit that is good, fruit that will last, fruit that will bring healing to the world around us, fruit that we can use by the grace of God to connect others to that same vine, that they might grow and flourish as we have. We pray with me. Jesus says, you are our true vine. So by our baptism, we have been connected as a shoot into you. Your lifeblood flows through us, the lifeblood of forgiveness and grace in our lives. Out of that goodness and grace will fruit come, fruit that your spirit will bring forth, fruit that can be used to reach around us in the world and to reach others to know you and to know that grace and forgiveness that we so enjoy. May we always, Lord, look to you as that source of goodness. May we not use our own interpretation, but may we look to your word to tell us again and again what is good and right and true. And may our hearts always dwell on those things in order that we may bring fruit that heal the nations. All of this we give you the glory and the praise for in your name, Jesus. Amen.